Today's show is brought to you by Lightning Pod. If you have a podcast, you know that it's a lot of work. But Lightning Pod can help. We've been working with their founder, Eric Johnson, for more than a year now, and he's really helped us take the Smart Home Show to the next level. So if you're starting a new podcast or you want to make your existing podcast better, you should get in touch with Eric. Learn more at lightningpod.fm. Hey everyone, welcome to the Smart Home Show. Today's episode, CEO of ALA Networks, Dave Friedman. Stay tuned. Everyone, welcome to episode 12 of the Smart Home Show. My name is Michael Wolf, and today I talked to Dave Freeman, who just last week announced a big amount of money that his company got from Cisco and a few others. Built out their company, ALA Networks, which is helping to develop an Internet of Things platform. And so, what that means, the Internet of Things and, and platform can mean a lot of different things, but really they're focused on building a, a cloud solution as well as working with chip providers to allow. Things like Wi-Fi modules to easily connect and build out and scale uh, a bigger platform. So if you're a service provider or if you're someone who is a large uh, equipment maker and wants to build a line of products that connects to each other and talks to each other and talks to your to your servers and talks to the cloud, they help with that. So it's an interesting conversation. I mean, it's a little bit more of a higher level conversation talking about some of the the technology that's enabling some of the things in the smart home. But if you're interested in that, I think this is a worthwhile listen. Once again, as always, the smart home show is brought to you by next market insights, the leading provider of smart home intelligence and market research. We've got some great reports coming out from next market in the next couple of weeks. Keep an eye out for that. If you are a customer or you're interested in, in interesting takes on the, on the smart home. If you want to listen to more Smart Home Show, just go to technology.fm and you can find the Smart Home Show there. Also look for Smart Home Show on iTunes and on Stitcher and on SoundCloud as well. Once again, thanks for listening. My name is Michael Wolf and here's my conversation with Dave Freeman of ALA Networks. Hey, well, I want to welcome Dave Freeman, the CEO of ALA Networks. How are you doing, Dave? I'm doing great. Nice speaking with you. You have a pretty big announcement. You guys just got a bunch of money um, and we could talk about that. But first, tell us what about ALA, what is ALA Networks? You know, ALA is uh, building a platform for, you know, the manufacturers of the 50 billion things that are going to join the Internet Think to make it really easy for them to get their products connected and then manage the data and learn from the data to make better and better uh, products. Who are the typical customers of ALA? Who are you building stuff for? Well, so when we started the company, we said, hey, look, yeah, you know, the Internet of Things is happening. All the pieces are in place to make it there. But the guys who actually make all the things, it's not necessarily their core competence to, to get these things connected and build big databases and networking and security and so on and the application. So our primary target really are the large Fortune 500, at least when we created this, to give them an enterprise-class, highly agile platform to allow them to take their air conditioners and thermostats and light switches and very easily 
and securely connect these things to the internet and, and then leverage all that great big data that they create. To start, you're focus, qu- focusing quite a bit on Wi-Fi. Talk about that. You know, you got to do things. You got to do hard things at startups. And what we identified was, you know, the market had typically, you know, this home control or building control market yep. gone through, you know, using a smart gateway. And I think we said, look, that was because the the cloud pieces weren't there. The even there, there weren't even a lot of smartphones to make to, to do it in a different manner. But we said, look, the, the smart gateway, the, the best gateway, the highest TAM for doing something is if you can make a Wi-Fi thing and make a product connect and not need special intelligence in a gateway, it's very powerful because all of a sudden then these manufacturers can launch products that work with this massive billion-plus existing devices, infrastructure, and, and gateways that are out there. That's very powerful. And it's not a surprise to us then that these very successful first products like Nest, they do use Wi-Fi and they work with anyone's home. It's not the home that has also the smart gateway. By requirement almost, smart gateways are, have been in the first wave of smart home appliances, well, oftentimes to bridge things like ZigBee and ZWAG networks. And I've written uh, that over time we'll see these, these gateways eventually get uh, absorbed into existing devices. And so it sounds like you're kind of thinking, thinking along the same lines, be it routers uh, the devices themselves, or even like a TV. You know, I think that's correct, is that the, the initial forays, I guess you will, into smart home and Internet of Things using ZigBee and Smart Gateway, it was, the, it was actually, in fact, the right decision at the time with where the technology stood. It was too expensive, too much power to add Wi-Fi. But if you look at these roadmaps, they're getting great. But these other technologies like ZigBee, they are great technologies, and – you're, you're right, you are starting to see some integration then in the gateway so that all of these devices will work equally well. And so to us, that's all exciting. As these technologies get sort of absorbed into sort of super gateways, and, and, and it, it will all come together really nice. But also, a lot of intelligence is moving into the cloud, and that's what you're doing. You're building, building this cloud back end that has a lot of the rules, has a lot of the, the device, applicational errors. That's right, and... and, and the, the key is the agility, the, the, the speed at which you can create unique features. If you really look at this as a system you're solving, device, gateway, cloud application, in the cloud, you know, engineers can do some amazing things and create unique features and just push them down to devices. And it happens very fast. And you can be extremely agile in, a, in uh, reacting to what customers want by having that cloud-centric architecture. You guys, I think, were formed in 2010. And when I first saw uh, you guys and, and your management team, I was impressed. You know, you had a lot of Amazon and Cisco veterans. And I think you came out last year in June of 2013 at the time you got an A round. But you have some big news uh, today. Talk about your big news. Yeah, the, you, know, we, we, uh, you know, we started in the kitchens, humble beginnings, and uh, grew to, you know, about 25 people. And, the, you know, we, we did the right things and made the right proof points to sort of say, hey, look, now this platform works. We have some great customers. And on that, and really on the market being just great timing for this, there's, we don't have to evangelize now. We're, we are announcing that we've raised the B round. And the B round is, it, it kind of grew and eventually we capped it and we raised $14.5 million dollars. Uh, now, what's exciting for us are a couple things that are uh, interesting in this round. 
during the A round, as we established the company, we built out into China, and we had some initial big customers there. And a, and on the strength of that, and on some of the things that we're about to do in China, a lot of this money in the B round is coming from China. And uh, China is such an exciting, highly mobile market with these great big social networks, and they are great at sort of thinking through the application and as a UI for humans interacting with all sorts of stuff, including things. Now, also in this round, uh, because we're really aiming for this Fortune 500, these also these really big guys, um, it's important for us. We've built an enterprise class thing. As you pointed out, we have a lot of Cisco people here, former Cisco people, and folks from Amazon. They've done this in this very highly scalable, secure way. Cisco is also an investor now in this company, and that was really important to us because we're going after companies where that credibility and really the market vision that Cisco has is, is a great addition, and, and we're really gratified to have Cisco as a, as a participant as well. You know, I just wrapped up a report uh, for GigaOM on next-generation consumer interfaces, and I was looking very much at kind of the human-to-machine layer, right? So um, be a touch, voice. Uh, motion and even biosensing, and once you get beyond that initial human to machine, there's there comes kind of the the software interaction layer. And what's fascinating to me is you guys are working with the, the biggest social network in China, um, and they're actually being fairly progressive in taking what they're doing and connecting to the Internet of Things. I think that's fascinating. So talk about that a bit. Yeah, so we, uh, you know, as a sort of conservative company, though we started in 2010, we didn't do any press at all until mid-year last year in 2013. And with that, we announced that we had launched a product with Sina. And, and, and Sina's got the, you know, there's the Twitter of China. There's Sina Weibo. And the, the concept was, you know, what, what would it be like to have things interacting with, you, you know, uh, social networks and the applications there? And I, can, I, th- I guess as you point out is that if your whole world is all about creating better and better sort of UI and UX and interaction on these tablets and smartphones, a mobile interaction, that's a different DNA from building great devices. Now, if you can marry the two, it, it's just so cool. I mean, to us, it's like the Jetsons. It, it is, you, you know, whether it's voice activation, all the things that your smartphone can do, by connecting through the cloud and services or, you know, what happens when you shit, what, what, how do you interact with the sensors on the phone? That is really exciting. And, and by weaving those two together so it's very easy as, as these great companies like Cena come out with new features, to make that all work seamlessly in the things, uh, is very exciting to us. Expand on what you've learned about the China market around Internet of Things. I mean, being kind of there early – it's fairly, uh, I think, a novel differentiator for uh, a company that's, you know, just got a, you know, just pretty early on for a startup. So talk about what you've learned. Well, I, I'll learn that I'm glad it worked out because uh, <laughs> it, there's a great debate internally of why would an A-round company go into China? Yeah. And now we happen to have relationships. So I, I would instruct other entrepreneurs, is unless you really have the relationships, I mean, really, the right, right relationships, don't do it. We happen to have those, and, that, and that, that's why we thought we should see what happens. Now, there's a lot of press about the Internet of Things in China, and I would say it's highly bifurcated. There's the press around, like, the city of Wuxi or something, but this is very government-centric, um, driven, 
and the requirements really to serve that type of Internet of Things market are probably, it's probably longer lead time and smaller companies shouldn't aim for that. What we were attracted to was the highly mobile social network that sort of defined the Chinese consumer, and they've got these, these rapidly growing class of people who are excited and using these, these products. So um, we learned, you know, which area to focus on. We, uh, you know, really built out, and uh, I guess the network of people that you need to work with to be successful there. So for us, the reason we get investors from China, we have these great investors. So Safe Partners is one of our new lead um, investors. They help provide the visibility gap. If you're going to go into China, you need to make sure you fill those gaps and uh, surround yourself with experts. And we've done that. And, and, and the social thing there is great. If you can figure that angle out and, and, and make it work, the consumer-centric social angle of Internet thing is going to be massive. You know, one of the, the worries uh, oftentimes around uh, social networks is just, you know, they, they oftentimes don't feel like they're, mo- they're mo- the most secure I, I've been talking to some of you know my clients and, and writing for a little while that security around Internet things is going to be one of the big conversations uh, because I think um, just the the you know once you talk about being able to control you know access control and 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 control systems it becomes a very important conversation. So talk about um, your security story. Obviously, working with Cisco, I would think that they would be pushing hard on that. Um, what's the story there? We agree, and and it's the same thing. Uh, let's just say that uh, if you haven't done this before, over and over and over again, and it's your first time, so a lot of times we sort of compete against in-house folks saying, hey, I got this. You're very likely to not have the vision to see where you might be making a mistake, and the, the security of Internet thing is at the device level, at the network level, in the cloud, and through to the application. Now, Ayla's approach of having this seamless software from applications to cloud and in the device means we can really, we kind of own the pipe at all ends on these devices. Well, then you can really hammer down its security. One thing, we have secure keys that are kind of, pro, all these chips, these enabled things, they actually program in secure unique keys for Ayla. There's a lot, there's multi-level security Throughout this, it's not just secure to the network, it's secure to the user. And we even give different rights to different folks to have rights to different data that each thing creates. But you cannot cut corners. And, and I'll tell you a major reason you can't cut corners. If you want, really, the way that Internet of Things will evolve, just like Internet of Humans, is clouds will talk to other clouds. If your cloud is not secure because you made a mistake somewhere down at the device level, then that's not a really good thing to connect to someone else's cloud. And so, you know, we, we, our team, again, having done this over and over again, and guys who've done firewall companies, that's actually a requirement. You're right, it, it, it will be critical. And with that becomes things like how you treat the data and the anonymization and, and the way you, you sort of promote the, 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 that hygiene for managing user information and, and the data. Just so people understand how you guys work and what your company does, very quickly, can you explain how you would work with a, a device company or a company that approaches you, they want to build an Internet of Things connected product? Uh, very quickly, walk through the steps there, what you guys do. Yeah, so most of those guys today, there's, uh, there's either guys who are doing smart gateway projects 
or they're doing devices using Wi-Fi. And let's start with the Wi-Fi one. It's just so easier is that they have a product, and in that product usually is some sort of microphone. There's some system, and it almost never has an operating system. It may. And what they want to do is they want to very easily connect that thing without changing the architecture of that device. Now, what we've done is we've worked with the world-leading chip guys, and they actually put our firmware in their chips. So it makes it very, very easy for those devices, whether call it your uh, uh, thermostat again, to connect an existing architecture with a very thin driver, and you use these little dev kits that our hardware partners have, and it connects to our cloud. In our cloud, our customers don't need to know how to do Ruby or Java. We abstract all the complexity away where they use a UI to build virtual devices and make those virtual devices interact with other data like weather or location or connect to other devices. And then we give application libraries so they can build these great applications that have intelligence. Uh, you know, they identify proximity. So our customers are able to get these devices very easily connected to the cloud, build virtual devices, and rich custom Android iOS-type applications or web, um, and get these products out to market quickly. You know, my theory, and, and I've kind of been staying, saying this for a while, is, you know, in, before it was kind of sell something, be done. There's, you know, a percentage of the customers you, you have aftermarket support if you're a TV manufacturer or something. But I think in the Internet of Things era, everyone's a service provider. What are your, what are your thoughts? Do, are you guys helping people become service providers in a sense and helping them uh, kind of make that transition? I, I think that's a, an interesting but a great way of putting it. We, we sort of believe that – let me put it how we think of it. We think of you need – you know, the, the, the winners will think of this as a feedback loop. And so in some way, whether it's the ability to continue to iterate and upgrade the features of their products, and provide, yes, new features because now, look, you're selling thermostats, but you have an application, and that's a service. Now, it's critical for us. Our business model is that we don't force our manufacturers to have these ongoing fees to the end users, but it's still a service. There's this, it is the infrastructure, but that, that application can get better and better, and you can keep enhancing it um, as you learn what your customers actually like about your product. I, I think that's correct. Hey, well, Dave, thank you very much for spending time with me. Tell us, tell us about the, the news and telling everyone a little bit about AOL Networks. Great. Appreciate your time. Well, I hope you enjoyed that. I hope you learned a little bit about some of the technology that's working behind the scenes and some of the companies, particularly AOL Networks, that is helping to connect and power the Internet of Things as well as the smart home, which is part of the broader Internet of Things. Once again, my name is Michael Wolf, your host, and I encourage you to listen to more smart home shows by subscribing to the Smart Home Show in iTunes. Stitcher, or SoundCloud, you could find where to do that by just going to technology.fm and looking for the Smart Home Show, or just, just searching for a Smart Home Show in Stitcher, SoundCloud, and iTunes. Hey, everyone, thanks for listening. We'll talk to you soon.